There's a lot to talk about when it comes to the issue of niqab. And it's a hot topic, but let's be cool about it. Okay, go ahead. First of all, is it true that the wives of the Prophet ﷺ used to cover one eye? Okay, good question. Because in some interpretations we will find covering everything except one eye. That narration, uh, its authenticity is disputed. Alright, there are scholars who have said that it's authentic and there are scholars who have said that that narration is not authentic. Alright, so when the women covered their faces or one of the companions, he demonstrated that, it, that this is what a woman should do, cover everything except one eye, one eye in order to see. Firstly, like I said, its authenticity is disputed. Secondly, what's the message over there? Cover as much as possible. Alright, cover as much as possible. Simple. So for one woman it could be, you know, for me right now, as much as possible is right below my nose. Because firstly, there's no man right in front of me. And secondly, I really need to breathe. So it's fine for her. And then when she's right in front of men, then she covers even, you know, her eyes or more. It's fine. Go ahead. I think one of the most beautiful things I noticed about this verse is the fact that I mean, some people, I've had some people who are being like, you guys, you know, everyone's required to look like this. Everyone's required to act like that. There's no such ruling. It says, do as much as you can. So there's still room for individuality. People are like, oh, you can't be yourself when you're wearing your abaya and hijab or however you choose to dress. There's no such law. You don't have to wear the abaya. You don't have to, you know, wear a certain color, wear a certain thing. I mean, it's... These are the guidelines, and you try to abide by them however you can, but you are still you. You are still a person. And there's no need to judge other people because of what they can and cannot do, because there's room for, you know, doing as much as you possibly can. It it gives you the room to be the best that you can be without judging other people and judging yourself. Yes. Guidelines are given, right? What guidelines? Covering yourself as much as possible. Your zina, your body, your clothing, your figure... And for that, whatever suits you best, do it. Wearing a chadr, go ahead. Wearing an abaya, go ahead. Wearing a long jacket, go ahead. Which is why we see that depending on which part of the Muslim world you go to, you'll find that women cover differently, in different ways. Right? I remember once we were at a farm driving by, and there was a woman working in the field, and she was wearing a big chadr. Alright? And she was wearing her shalar kameez. And my mom said, can it be expected that she should wear an abaya like you're wearing? Would it be fair? You know, when, you, for example, you go to your backyard, can you go in your abaya, in your nice silky abaya, and get it all, you know, caught up in, in weeds or whatever, and, you know, it gets ripped, it gets ruined. Can you work? No, you can't. So guidelines have been given. Alright? You know, for that woman, if she says, oh, I, I have to take my chadr off, I have to take my hijab off, that would be wrong. She has to cover. But cover how? Whatever that she is most comfortable in, guidelines are given. And this is what each and every one of us needs to do. Look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, what I'm wearing as I'm stepping out of the house, is it showing? Is it part of the baruj? Am I displaying beauty? So for example, if there is makeup on my face, or if there is, my jacket is short, you know, it's above my knees, right? Or that the skirt that I'm wearing under my jacket is extremely colorful, right? Or that my pants are tight, or that my abaya is too tight. My abaya is more like a dress, right? Or that my hijab is too small, or that my chest is not being covered with this hijab. Alhamdulillah, after studying the ayat, 
each and every one of us needs to scan ourselves. Stand in front of the mirror when you're stepping out and look at yourself. Analyze yourself head to toe. Because at the end of the day, I am answerable to my Lord and you're answerable to your Lord. I'm not going to answer for you. You're not going to answer for me. Somebody else raise their hand? Okay, yes, you did. Assalamu alaikum. It says here that um, because of the hijab and the jabab, you won't be bothered. And I just wanted to share my experience with that. Last year, there was a guy in my class who had like zero respect for for girls. And there was a field trip where the guys were sleeping in one hotel room and the girls were sleeping in another hotel room. And he told us that the guys all talked about the things that they would do to the girls in the class. And he said all these nasty things about the girls. And it turns out that he was lying and that the guys hadn't actually talked about this and that it was only him talking about this. But I could see the hurt in, in my friend's eyes when he talked about the things that he would do to them. And they were all like sexual things. And we were in grade eight. And we were like, come on, like that's, that's not normal. But I noticed that he hadn't mentioned me. And I was the only Muslim in the class, and I was the only hijabi in the class. So I asked him, I was like, why aren't you talking about me? And he said, oh, the only thing I wonder about you is what your hair looks like. And I was like, I was like, subhanAllah, like if I ha- wasn't wearing the hijab, God knows what, what kind of things he would have said about me. But he didn't say those things about me because I wore a hijab. And I was like, you know, Allah protected me from his words. Alhamdulillah, may Allah always protect you. Okay. You want to say something? Yes, Libra. Once we were in a party and some Everybody peop- listen, please. Some people, it was a girl section, so they weren't wearing um, hijab, but some were. And then a boy came. Some girls didn't look, but some did. So some wore the hijab. They covered themselves when the boys came. Okay, they covered themselves when the boys came. MashaAllah, very good. Very good. And this is how we should be. Otherwise, you know, make your hair, look nice, dress up, chill out. But when the guys come, then just cover up. Simple. Now it's Suhaila's fault. Assalamu alaikum. It's actually really quickly. I just want to share one small tidbit. If you, if we are all following the news these days for from the past two three months and how things have been, you know, sort of declining for the Muslims, just all of us sort of need to be cautious because you see that blatant division happening, right? Because most time with all the court cases happening, you see that you know because non-Muslims and with the previous prime minister, the niqab is being targeted a lot. And so as Muslims, you know, we don't like being picked. As human beings, we don't like being picked. And so we distance ourselves from that which is being picked. We don't want to associate with it, right? That's why we have bystanders when people are being bullied. So when there are people, we should be unified at this point. Whether you're choosing to wear the niqab, whether you're not choosing to wear the niqab, whatever, whatever you're doing. We're all Muslims here at Al-Huda. Some of us do wear the niqab, some of us don't. But at this point, whoever we are, however we are, as long as we're Muslims, we need to stand united. So if you know, because I remember when I was in a few days back in campus, right? An international student was asking me about it because they're not used to wearing, you know, seeing niqabs with colorful niqabs. And I was explaining to her and I was looking to my Muslim friend to sort of, you know, back me, yeah, yeah, you know what, that's some people, some of us do it. And I was like, yo, can you back me up? And she wanted to distance herself, not that she didn't like me, but with the whole concept, because it's sort of iffy. So at this point, we all need to sort of, you know, stick and, you know, be there for each other. So that's all I had to say. Because believers are what? They're like one wall, one body, right? Each part of it strengthens the other. And this is what we need to do. Strengthen each other, help each other. My strength lies in your strength. Your strength lies in my strength. We all 
should be there for one another. Right? And at the end of the day, knowing that this has a basis in the book of Allah, this should be enough for us to accept it and to love it and to appreciate it. Okay. I feel like a lot of the times, I know uh, like for myself while growing up and for a lot of friends of mine, it's always, you're always scared that, oh, they're going to hate me. They're going to hate me personally because of what I wear, because I choose to put on the hijab and so on and so forth. We need to realize that it's not us that they hate, it's our Islam, it's our hijab, it's us choosing to practice our religion that they dislike. And that's normal. That's going to happen forever. That happened to the Prophet ﷺ, and it happened to the companions. You know, It happens till today. So we shouldn't be worried about, you know, if people react to you, it's because they dislike your religion. And they're probably not someone you want to associate with anyways. You know, if people who genuinely like you as a person, they will associate with you regardless of what you wear. So it shouldn't be that, oh, you know, what are they going to think of me? It's more like, okay, this is what I'm doing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If they dislike it, then so be it. You know, it's for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the whole point of it. Exactly. So be confident of who you are, what you wear, what you choose to do. Whatever kind of niqab you wear or hijab you wear, be confident. As long as it conforms with the guidelines in the Qur'an and Sunnah, be confident about it. I know a lot of people think that because of the things uh, that people might think, uh, okay, so some people have been harassed because they wore a hijab or they wear a niqab, but you have to look at the probability of how many people that really happened to. You might have heard about it on the news, but do you actually know somebody that happened to? And if you don't, then it shows that the probability is really low. And we always look at the probability for anything, for admissions in some university or something. So we also need to look at how how many people it really happened to and how much big of a deal we make it into. Last one. I just wanted to point people out to like the insincerity of like the narrative out there with regards um, Muslim women. For example, I remember um, once like um, how especially the sister commented saying that her Muslim a friend didn't back her up with regards to the niqab. Here in the West, our problem is that oh, Muslim women are the, it's, we face all this Islamophobia because these Muslim women who are educated are doing something that's super backwards, therefore we're facing all this prejudice. And then after, um, at the same time, the same people who are perpetrating this thought, they also say we need to go to the Muslim land to protect Muslim women because they're being oppressed. So wherever a Muslim woman is, she's always going to be like the center focus of an issue so you really need to like just think for yourself and just take a stand for what you think is important exactly let's look at the ayah one last time and then continue ya ayyuhan nabiyyu o prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qul li azwajika wa banatika wa nisa'il mu'mineen tell your wives your daughters and the women of the believers that yudunina alayhinna min jalabibihinna they should draw upon themselves their jilbab in order to cover. They should draw a portion of their jilbab upon their faces in order to cover. Why? This is more suitable that they will be known, recognized as women of haya, and as a result, hopefully they will not be harassed. وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورًا rahima And Allah is forgiving and merciful. لَإِن Surely if لَمْ يَنْتَهِ لَمْ not يَنْتَهِ He stops. He ceases. يَنْتَهِ from نُونْ هَيَا لَمْ يَنْتَهِ If they do not stop. Who does not stop? الْمُنَافِقُونَ The hypocrites. وَالَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ مَرَضٍ And those people in whose hearts is a disease, being those with weak faith. 
And thirdly, وَالْمُرْجِفُونَ فِي الْمَدِينَةِ And those who spread rumors in Medina. If these people do not stop, then what's going to happen? لَنُغْرِيَنَّكَ بِهِمْ Surely we will incite you against them. لَنُغْرِيَنَّكَ From غَيْن ra ya. غَرَى is to send someone after another. أَغْرَابِ to impose someone on another. So, لَنُغْرِيَنَّكَ بِهِمْ We will instigate you against them, meaning we will order you to take action against these people in order to punish them accordingly. لَنُغْرِيَنَّكَ بِهِمْ We will urge you to take action against them. And then, ثُمَّ then, لَا يُجَاوِرُونَكَ They will not be able to remain your neighbors Fiha in it, meaning in Medina, illa qalila, except very little. Yujawirunaka from jiwar, jimwara, jar is neighbor. And so, la yujawirunaka, they will not be able to remain your neighbors in Medina, except very little. Meaning, except for just some time. Meaning, they will have to leave Medina. They will lose the privilege of being your neighbors in Medina. Now, over here, a threat is being given to three types of people. The hypocrites, those who have weak faith, and the murjifun fil madina. That they better stop from their wrong actions. Hypocrites, those who hide disbelief, pretend to be Muslim. Those in whose hearts is a disease, disease of what? Weak faith. Murjifuna fil madina. Murjifun is the plural of the word murjif. And murjif is from the root letters rajimfa. Rajfa. Rajfa means earthquake. It's basically to shake something. Alright? To shake it, to convulse. Alright? And irjaf is to shake people. How? By spreading false news amongst them. Or by committing severe crimes. So murjifuna fil Medina, those who shake up the city of Medina who shake up the inhabitants of the city. How? In two ways. Firstly, by spreading false news. Or even, right information but blown out of proportion. Basically, this is referring to fear-mongering. Okay? Those who spread alarm and fear in the city. How? By saying, oh the enemies are coming. Oh this time we're never gonna make it. And remember this is Surah Al-Ahzab. At the beginning the battle of Ahzab was mentioned. And in the battle of Ahzab, what was happening? Throughout the hypocrites, what were they doing? Spreading fear. Right? Spreading fear. مَا وَعَدَنَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ إِلَّا غُرُورًا Right? And such statements. They were basically spreading fear. And secondly, fear is also spread how? Through violence or through committing severe crimes. Remember I told you that these verses were revealed concerning some people who were harassing women. Now imagine if a woman is going to a bathroom and she doesn't feel secure. Somebody is whistling at her. Somebody is following her. Somebody is staring at her. She doesn't feel secure. Do you think her children will feel safe? Do you think her husband will feel safe? The whole family? Not at all. This is also a kind of creating disturbance in the city. So, murjifuna fil Medina, we can understand from this, committing any crime, alright, that takes the peace away from people. Whether it is the crime of rape, or it is the crime of sexual harassment, 
you know, any such crime. You see, in the previous ayah we learned women are, in, are ordered to cover up in order to protect themselves, right? But at the same time, remember, we can never blame the victim. If a woman is a victim in a situation like this where a man harasses her, you don't blame the victim. We see that in this ayah, it's the harassers who are being threatened. That you better stop from such activities or you're going to get straightened out. So the burden is on who? It's on the criminals. But at the same time, women have been taught to take on means of protection and safety. This is similar to how you have your belongings in your house. There's police, alhamdulillah. That's making sure that the city is safe. There's neighborhood watch, alright? Or any such system to ensure that your property, your life is safe and secure. But still, do thieves exist? Do robbers exist? Do murderers exist? Yes, they do. So then, can you say that no, why, why should I have to lock my door? It's such a burden to carry keys around. And why should I have to pay for a security system? Right? Why? The burden should not be on me. You know what? Wake up. This is a sad reality. Right? Thieves are there. Robbers are there. And this is why whatever is of value, what do you have to do? You have to take responsibility and guard it to the best of your ability. It doesn't mean that you don't own anything precious, anything valuable. No, you do. But be responsible and guard it. Keep your valuables in the bank. Keep them in a locker. You have a phone, put a passcode on it. You have money, keep it in a wallet. You have plastic money, secure it with a code. Isn't it so? Why do we take these measures? To protect our valuables. Because there are always criminals that exist. When it comes to hijab also, why is it that women have been ordered to cover? Is it their fault that they're beautiful? No. It's just that this is the reality of this life. This life is a test. We have been blessed with many gifts and we have to guard and protect those gifts also. So just as we guard our money, we protect our belongings, we also have to protect our bodies and not let the eyes of such people set upon our bodies and take sensual pleasure from. Or let them not speak wrong about us or let them not even think about, you know, harassing us physically. So, over here, the munafiqun, they are given a threat over here. That they must stop from such activities and they must stop from spreading rumors. Why? Because otherwise they will be deprived of being neighbors of the Prophet ﷺ. Some action will be taken against them. Some action will be taken against them. And this is something that's, you know, very normal. That if there are people who do such activities, eventually some action is taken against them. Right? It becomes a criminal act. Mal'unin, Ones who are cursed. Meaning such people, if they continue with such activities, spreading lies, you know, spreading fear, either through their actions or through their lies, then what will be the fate of such people? they will be mal'unin. Plural of the word mal'un, one who is cursed. Ainama thuqifu, wherever they are found. Meaning, no matter where they go, they will be recipients of la'na. They will find no blessing, no matter where they go. 
because such people commit these crimes no matter where on the planet they are. Earlier, it was mentioned about how even at Hajj, there are people who will harass women. There will be people who will go to a European country and what will they do? They will harass women. There will be people who will, you know, be in a very needy state financially, even otherwise, but still they will commit such crimes. And such people of such filthy nature, such filthy thinking, Allah says, مَلْعُونِينَ أَيْنَمَا ثُقِفُوا They do not find blessing no matter where they go in this world. Always receiving la'na. I remember somebody once mentioned to me about they went to a refugee camp. Alright, this is a lady. She went to a refugee camp in order to help out over there. She was distributing packets of clothes. Alright? And this was a proper refugee camp and proper organization with whom she went. And she was wearing an abaya. Alright? Wearing an abaya. And she was attacked by the men that she was helping. She was giving them clothes, money, blankets. And they did not have this much respect that they should thank her. Instead, what did they do? They tried to sexually assault her. And you see, a person of this nature then, it doesn't matter where in the world he is. He will commit such a crime no matter where he is. So what happens? Mal'unin. They are hated by all, pitied by no one. This, this particular individual, after that day, they decided never to help out those people. Because this is what they do. I'm not going to give them anything. I'm not even going to go and help out because this is what they do. I mean, yes, we have to have ihsan and all of that, but still, who would want to help such a person who in return sexually assaults? So, mal'unin, أَيْنَ مَا No matter where they are, أُخِذُوا They are seized, وَقُتِّلُوا تَقْتِيلًا and massacred completely. Meaning then people will not even have respect for their right to live. This is the level of degradation that these people will end up in. If they don't stop from these disgusting crimes, they will have no respect left, neither in the eyes of people, nor near Allah. Now, this ayah is telling us the fate of such people. And this is something that we really need to worry about. We really need to think about. And secondly, this is also a ruling concerning them. This ayah is understood as a command for the Prophet ﷺ that if these people don't cease from their crimes, then you have to take some legal action against them. But did this actually happen? Did the Prophet ﷺ really wage war against the hypocrites? Or did he punish them in this way? No, he didn't. Because this threat was enough. Alhamdulillah, this threat was enough. This was a severe warning. And these people stopped from such activities. You know, for example, harassing the women or spreading lies and rumors in the city of Medina. Allah says, Sunnat Allah. This is the way of Allah. Filladina khalaw min qabl. Amongst those who passed on before. Walan tajida. And you shall never find. Lisunnatillahi. For the way of Allah. Tabadila. Any change. Meaning, this is the way in which Allah deals with such troublemakers, with such criminals, no matter what time, no matter what place. You see, each and every person has free will, right? And each and every person can do whatever he wants with his freedom. But when a person crosses the limits, then what happens? Allah seizes the wrongdoer. 
he seizes the wrongdoer. You know, there's a point up until when a person may be given his freedom to do whatever he wants. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seizes him. So when corruption reaches a certain limit, Allah does not allow the corrupter to move ahead with that facade. And over here we need to ask ourselves that what kind of news do I share with people? Is it news that is depressing? Blown out of proportion? Of course. I mean, this ayah is understood as that this will be the fate of such people. That even if no legal action is taken against them, this will be the fate of such people. They'll be mal'unin wherever they go. Because no one likes you know, a person who will sexually assault someone or who will spread lies. They lose dignity. Even if they're themselves needy, they don't, they don't have any dignity left. No one feels pity for them anymore. And secondly, this is the law concerning them, that if there are people who persist in such crimes, especially when it comes to harassment of women, then there must be some kind of legal action against them. And I mentioned to you the story of once when I was at Umrah and I saw, you know, all of a sudden men coming, 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 and police officers coming, and I just moved to the side, frightened, wondering what was happening. And all of a sudden a boy was brought in in the middle, of maybe in his 20s, and he was given like multiple lashes. And I was just scared, you know, wondering what just happened over here. And later on I asked a gentleman as I was walking in, and he told me that a particular guy had harassed a woman in the mall. So right there and then, because it was caught on camera, he harassed her, maybe grabbed her, you know, shela or something. Right there and then he was punished. Okay? So in our religion... Sexual assault is a crime. It's not the fault of a woman. You know, unfortunately, what has happened is that the entire burden has been placed on the women. You cover head to toe, even your hands and your feet, and even your eyes. In fact, you don't come out of your house at all because you are a source of fitna. And the men, they're given a free pass. Do whatever you want, watch whatever you want, eat whatever you want, go wherever you want. Right? Have as many wives or as many mistresses that you want, you know, even different forms of marriages which are basically, you know, signing up for zina, they are permitted, legalized, so that men have a free pass and women women are locked up. This is unfair. We see the balance in these verses. Women are taught, you take caution, you protect yourself. And at the same time, a severe warning is given to those who dare to attack and harass women. Recitation. <laughs> وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورًا رَّحِيمًا لَئِن لَّمْ يَنْتَهِ الْمُنَافِقُونَ وَالَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِم مَّرَضٌ وَالْمُرْجِفُونَ فِي الْمَدِينَةِ لَنُغْرِيَنَّكَ بِهِمْ لَنُغْرِيَنَّكَ بِهِمْ ثُمَّ لَا يُجَاوِرُونَكَ فِيهَا إِلَّا قَلِيلًا مَلْعُونِينَ أَيْنَمَا ثُقِفُوا أُخِذُوا وَقُتِّلُوا تَقْتِيلًا سُنَّةَ اللَّهِ فِي الَّذِينَ خَلَوْا مِنْ قَبْلُ 